0: You're listening to KenCast. This episode was recorded in front of a live internet audience. And here's your host, Ken Cole. Great to see you all today. We're going to be talking about something important because we're all interested, at least most of the people watching are very interested in the entertainment industry. We have certain favorite shows that we like to follow and movies. And that's all on hold right now because of the strikes. We have dual strikes. We have the writer's strike. And we have the Actors Strike. And they have been going on for a long time. The Writer Strike's been going on for over three months. The Actors Strike, I think, is now over a month long. And we don't know what's going on. Uh, We don't know how things are are happening. We're going to try and see if we can tell what's happening, though, today. We're going to read news stories. And we are going to get the commentary and opinion of... One of my favorite media watchers on the internet. You have seen him on Kencast before. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm very happy to introduce Strife the Warrior. Strife, how are you today? Hey, Ken, I'm doing fine. How are you today? You know, I'm doing great. It's um, you know, as as I was kind of saying before, it's it's kind of tough right now for us, right? Like let, let's set the stage. Like I know a lot of people have watched our channels you know, for analysis and commentary and news on favorite shows and movie series. And we're not covering them, you know, like, like we were before uh, because really the unions have asked and we want to be in solidarity with the unions on these types of things. And so we're doing being very careful to just do reviews or to cover things from a, like a 10,000 uh, foot level perspective. I don't know, how, how do you feel right now about the strikes and how has it impacted your, your work and your content?
1: Yeah, so I've definitely taken a break just to kind of stand in solidarity uh, with everything, and uh, which me to me, it's kind of fine because um, I may have talked this uh, before, like either on my own live stream or just kind of candidly uh, among my uh, community, but you know, when it's like, when, when it's kind of go time, and what I mean by go time is like when a new season releases, um, I'm like pretty much working nonstop to try to get content out as much as I can. So, uh, and because of that, that kind of causes me burnout very quickly. So, you know, at that point, within like by the end of the month, I don't want to have anything to do with Cobra Kai <laughs> anymore, like at least for <laughs> right. the time being, you know, just kind of take a break. So, um, in a way, this kind of like the one upside I'm seeing to this is that it gives me a chance to. Like work on things in the background and kind of really refine it, uh, you know, while things kind of get sorted out. And you know, I, uh, as I said before, I, I agree with why they're striking, and uh, you know, I, I definitely support it. So, and to me, uh,
0: morals are way more important than money. So, right, right, exactly. And you know, the things we love are created by all these wonderfully talented people, and right now they feel like they're not getting kind of a fair deal and everyone deserves to be able to to make a good wage for the good work they do and so yeah i'm i'm with you i'm with you strife we're go, we're going to try and uh, hang with everyone here and what we could do and what we're going to do today is go over what's happening like what what's going on can we tell if this is going to end soon or not or is this going to go on for a very long time you know we're we're and we're going to try to get to the reasons for this as well now before we do that i do want to bring people's attention to your channels because if anyone is watching now that has not uh, gone to your channel, subscribed, I want to point them to you. Uh, let me let me add this. This is Strife the Warrior. This is his uh, YouTube page. You can kind of see on here just... All like the amazing videos he does, um, you know, and he's done great stuff on, say, Cobra Kai, uh, Karate Kid, uh, but also the Rocky series. um, Really great stuff. Everyone who's a fan of this channel needs to subscribe to to your channel. But then Strife, you've also got another channel, Strife's Gaming Realm. Tell, Tell us about this. Yeah, well, first of all, thanks for the shout out. Um, and then,
1: uh, so yeah, stripes Gaming around. this was something I've kind of always promoted in my videos. And I was always like, yeah, I'll have new clips and upload it. And then, because I was working on videos, I didn't have a chance. But now with the strike going on, I finally have a chance. So um, first and foremost, before I did analysis content, I've always been a gamer. So, you know, I, I grew up with the Super Nintendo uh, 64, PlayStation 1, all the great consoles. So, um, and I, also before I, you know, did my analysis work on YouTube? I used to stream video games too on Twitch. Um, yeah. I've kind of done some gaming streams on my main channel, uh, but this was something uh, a channel I kind of wanted to like have like an archive of like some of uh, some moments, what which are either great moments or funny moments. Uh, so lately, it's been um, what I've been kind of playing, even though I kind of took a break from it for now. Was Street Fighter Six, uh, really fantastic game. It's a really great entry in the Street Fighter series. Uh, I have wow. a few clips in there from uh, Overwatch Two, Fortnite. Uh, Also, some repurposed clips from my uh, Twitch streaming days, like Smash Brothers. Uh, I played that quite a bit, too. So um, I'm also going to be planning to do, uh, eventually once I kind of get things ironed out, uh, live stream gaming live streams exclusively on this channel, um, I might have something special uh, planned for October, so I'll kind of keep you guys uh, in the loop on that. So I've kind of been also doing some gaming work in the background of, like, recording footage and things like that and kind of uh, getting stuff, so... Uh, yeah, I have a few clips uh, in here. So, um, that first one, though, The Great Minds Thinking Light, is actually a really funny one because uh, this was an online match from Street Fighter. And then me and this guy, this random guy i never met before, we ended up doing the same attack to each other twice. So, it was a very like Cobra Kai esque moment, like, uh, you know, in season four where they kind of hit each other and like knock each other out. So, <laughs> nice.
0: Yeah, Yeah, that's great. Um, Everyone, just so you know, if you're into gaming at all, Strife is like an expert. He is incredible. Um, I've been very lucky, very fortunate to play with him live here. uh, The the, uh, Shredder's Revenge games, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Shredder's Revenge. That was just so much fun. And we got to talk about the Super Mario movie on this channel. And he invited me on, on his channel to talk about Resident Evil Code Veronica, which was just so much fun. So if you guys are interested in that, check out Strife's Gaming Realm and and let us know, too, if there's something you'd like to see us play on on here or on his channel. Um, would you say Strife would be open to suggestions on, on oh, yeah. games and that type of thing? Yeah, and
1: speaking of Shredder's Revenge, uh, that, we could probably do that again, too, because the DLC comes out uh, this
0: Thursday, I think, so... Oh, that's right. Yep. Yes, you you actually let us know that um, there's some cool things to look forward to in the DLC. You can play as Shredder, right?
1: Right. Yeah. So I they the studio released a video yesterday. So I guess there's like a survival mode that they're adding, and what they do is like briefly, somebody can kind of control Shredder for an amount of time, and once that that appearance is damaged, then you kind of revert back to your character without losing any kind of health bar. Um. So you also two new characters you get to play as is uh, Usagi, who's like. Which I don't know too much about his information from like the TMT canon, but from what I understand, he's a samurai bunny from another dimension. Uh Apparently, a, really a fan favorite too. When it came it comes to like the old games, he was a very requested character. You see him in fan games all the time too. And then uh, Karai, uh, Shredder's daughter, is playable
0: too, which uh, I'm actually looking oh, wow. forward to playing as her. So wow that's that's absolutely fantastic um yeah we definitely gotta gotta do that that is a super fun game mm-hmm. uh, i want to take a second before we get into our main discussion to say hello to everyone uh starting off with uh chosen himself chosen Teguchi. Oh, thank up, you chosen? so much <laughs> how you doing darkest hour uh says with the latest i read from bob Iger, the disconnect between the two groups is still vast Yes, Strife, we're, we're going to get mm-hmm. into all of that um, and that disconnect. This is really weird, by the way. This is so weird, weird. right now. I mean, just in the history of entertainment. So we'll, we'll be getting into that. Uh, no More Drama says, I think they not being able to market it will lead to slow sales, huh? That's, you know, we and we could talk about, you know, Jolo Mataduena from Cobra Kai plays Miguel. Um, he had a new movie come out. And yeah, it's like they're not really able to market it like they would be able to because the actors can't go on talk shows and interviews and, and that type of thing. Clifford says strife on Super Mario Brothers. What is her actual name? Princess Peach or Princess Toadstool? So it, it, I think it was
1: Peach originally, but they didn't it didn't get localized until that until Super Mario sixty four, which they kind of introduced her as uh, Princess Peach Toadstool. Uh, but I could be wrong on that. But I, I want to say it would she was originally known as Toadstool here in the U.S. and then Super Mario sixty four kind of started. Linear so it might have been always Peach in Japan, but I'm not too sure about that. Don't quote me on that. And also a quick other couple questions. Um, somebody asked me if I played the Cobra Kai games. Yes. Uh, I love the first one. Second one needs a lot of work. I still need to talk about that in a, in a video. And favorite game about TMNT, uh in 16-bit? Easily Turtles in Time. Uh, you can't go wrong with that one. And that's what's great about Shredder's Revenge is that it's everything that was great about Turtles in Time in the original TMT arcade game. And it's on steroids, basically. Like, it, everything that they yeah. was good about the games, they managed to not only recapture
0: it, but make it better, too. So, And, you know, I'm, Jaws, I'm glad you brought up the 8-bit games. I still have, I don't know why I have a soft spot for it. The original Nintendo game of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, it is really hard. I know it's got problems. For some reason, there's something about it, though, that's really unique and it's tough and i don't know it, it's not as cartoony maybe as like the subsequent games maybe maybe that's why i like it. the tone's a little rougher i don't know mm-hmm. do, do you do you have any idea any thoughts about that uh original Nintendo i, I game?
1: think about the rough tone if you're talking about the platformer i think that one was was more based on the mirage comics uh with some stuff going thrown in i never really played it uh because my first we did technically my first console was an nes but we only had like the first two mario games and then our nes broke but then right after that was like the super nintendo which is what i really grew up with so you know i had mario world mario all-star so i was able to kind of play those but um i I probably want to go i think i actually own it Because in uh, December last year, I actually came across a really good deal on an NES um, that had like 30 games, and it came with like the Zapper two controllers. Uh, I actually repaired it and got uh, got it working again. Because um, fun fact, so the NES uh, connector pins for the cartridge, you can actually boil those in water because the metal doesn't rust. So like a lot of time, you would have like the uh, I had a gray screen like when I try to get that thing to work. So. I followed a, a tutorial on YouTube, took it apart, bolted it in water, let it air dry, and then once it was, you know, completely dry, I actually was able to kind of reinsert a cartridge over and over to kind of recalibrate the pins, and mm-hmm. it worked
0: again. So wow, yeah, oh, that's great. Mm-hmm. What that's that's fun. That's that that's so much fun. Um, and that was such a great console as well. I don't know if everyone here has been able to play the original Nintendo console, but that was a lot of fun. Um, Definitely uh cobra kai world says saw blue beetle today it was really good yeah it was good uh, it it's kind of too bad that you know there's so many factors kind of running against it right now and it's really right. really too bad it's it's a shame because i think sholo is a, a movie star i mean he deserves mm-hmm. to be a movie star i think he's great Netflix. um l- let's see what else uh i'm trying to get to all your comments guys so many great comments and we'll continue to get to them Uh, Everyone, let's uh, get to our main news of the day. KenCast News. Okay, Strife. So just to bring everyone up to speed, we're in the middle of an historic strike. Uh, We have both the actors and the writers striking right now. Hollywood that we see behind you in the background is completely shut down. We don't have, aside from soap operas and some independent productions, we don't have any movies or TV shows being made at all, uh, including Cobra Kai series. I know a lot of people are, are fans of that who are watching. Uh, they filmed one episode and have completely shut down. And we're going to try to figure out if it's close to being over, but until it ends, uh, nothing is going to start production again. And I don't know, what are your thoughts right now as being a fan of entertainment, a content creator? What are your thoughts on the current situation?
1: Uh, Well, I mean, like I said, I agree with the strike and why, uh, you know, why they're striking. Uh, As we both said, they definitely deserve a fair wage. Um, Like how long it's going to last, I don't know. Um, I mean, I think if we're lucky, we would probably see, you know, Cobra Kai uh, sometime like late next year. Uh, It's just kind of hard to say, Uh, but, you know, uh, there, you know, especially with AI being such a popular topic and that's something we'll kind of touch on a little bit later. uh, I know that's another reason why, uh, you know, they want to strike uh, because of, you know, they can basically say, Hey, we're going to use your likeness and not pay you for it, which, you know, obviously not right. So uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's very, it's very crazy uh, too. And, you know, obviously it, it, like you said, it affects us as uh, YouTubers too, because we want to kind of, navigate where we're still supporting the work but also respecting the strike as well which is kind of why i've been working on other things and working on things in the background until you know the time is right and then able to put out content again so
0: right yeah and if anyone's just tuning in that's why we're kind of not covering these shows like we were and doing these analysis videos and everything is just because we're in solidarity with the uh with the unions on this and Um, you know, they've kind of just generally asked voluntarily if content creators could kind of refrain from doing that. Um so that's what we're doing. And um, you know, we do believe that um a fair deal needs to be reached. Mm -hmm. Um that said, you know, we're gonna try to cover this in an objective, you know, objective way and kind of like try to understand where both sides are coming from on this or all sides are coming from. Um, let me pull up an article. Um, this is from the Hollywood Reporter. And here's the headline strife talks between writers studios at a standstill after a week of trading barbs. There is no date to return to the negotiating table as the writers guild strike heads into its 18th week. And uh, let me just read the first couple paragraphs and then I'll get your thoughts following an eventful week in which the members of the writers guild of America, as well as the alliance of motion picture and television producers traded barbs. Following the publication of the studio's counteroffer, no talks are currently scheduled for the two parties to return to the negotiating table. According to sources on both sides, there remains no timetable for when negotiations for the group representing Hollywood Studios and streamers in the Writers Guild negotiating committee will return to talks. Reps for the AMPTP and WGA decline to comment on the status of negotiations. And... We can actually get into the specifics of what that counter offer is in a minute, but um, this is kind of stunning. Don't you think that it looks like there are no talks scheduled?
1: Yeah. I mean, it, it, I don't want to say like, say it in a negative way, but it, I, it's kind of to be expected just because if, you know, uh, this is, was this 18th week, 16th week that they're going to the strikes. So it's been, yeah, it's, it's an 18th week, right? So yeah, almost, I mean, it's almost been it's been well, it's been four and a half months. So um, I can kind of expect this to kind of go on a little bit longer too. But yeah, it's it, you know, it's a shame that there hasn't been an agreement yet. Uh, but you know, that's also kind of part of the process too. Of you know, when you're standing up for your your rights and uh, what you feel like you should deserve to be paid, uh, this is kind of one of the things that uh, it's a tough thing to endure. But it's something that you know
0: that's endured by it. really. Uh, you know, the people that are striking. So, right. And so my understanding too, is that the studios released their counteroffer to the WGA. So basically the WGA had a list of demands and the studios finally released a counteroffer to that. And they were told at the time that this was their first and only counteroffer. Like they better just accept it. And I think they broke protocol and release their counter offer to the public to us. So um, I don't know if you guys are interested in numbers. If you're interested in this whole topic, I think you'll appreciate this. Strife, let's go through and see what the studios are offering, and see if it gets to like what you're talking about AI and like these other issues, and see if this should, in our eyes and the public's eyes, um, kind of move move the needle. Okay, so this is what this. Remember, this is from the studio side. They're saying they've offered significantly higher compensation. So the highest wage increase for the WGA in 35 years, a compounded 13 percent increase. First thing I'll say here: um, these contracts come up every three years, and there has been insane inflation over the past two years. Like, I, I don't, I don't. Well, the total inflation i th- believe is somewhere north of 20%. like we have had incredible inflation. so that would mean say if there's over the past 2 to 3 years if there's been over 20% inflation that means like a dollar is that's how much weaker it is right now, you know, um just roughly say 20% uh less buying power in a dollar than there was you know, uh you know, roughly than uh, a few years ago. so the thing is a compounded 13% increase, that's really not even covering inflation. Right. You know, and so I I think that's, that's one of the troubles. And I know a lot of you, you know, all of us, you know, who are working and with organizations, some organizations have like a cost of living increase that are supposed to like cover increases in inflation. But if you've been working at your job and for the past three years, you haven't gotten any increase in your payment, You've actually been kind of been getting paid less and less every year because of inflation, right? Is, is that rising. right? Yeah, costs are rising. Uh,
1: so, so let me also uh, kind of ask about. So they're saying compound, compounded thirteen percent. So they're saying increase five percent in year one, mm-hmm. and then so when the next year uh, increases, are they just saying okay? So since we increase you by five percent, so say say for example, I'm just kind of throwing numbers out there to kind of understand. So Let's say it went from four thousand uh one thousand one thousand five. So mm-hmm. when they're saying a four percent increase, is that on top of the one thousand five or on top of the original thousand? I think it's on top of the one thousand five. Gotcha. Okay.
0: So it's like it's factoring in this five percent. Right. And then on top of that it'll be four percent, and then on top of that it'll be three point five percent in year three. But you're saying that doesn't even cost or cover the cost of living though, right? Yeah, because proposing. Right, because it's saying like the minimum, like the, this is the minimum wage increase. Even this first year, it's 5% over the last agreement, which was three years ago. But as we talked about, inflation's already like probably, you know, over – Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, like,
1: you, like just doing it 5% of the original pay, you know, pay. Yeah, that, that
0: doesn't make sense. Right. So that's what – so it sounds good when you read it, like, but if you think about the numbers – it doesn't seem like enough. Right. Um, okay, so, but they're basically saying that, like, uh, so they gave some examples, like, the previous minimum was uh, $9,888 per week, and that would bring it up to $11,317 a week for guarantees up to nine weeks. Now, okay, and I think that's factoring in, um, that's the compounded increase over th- three years. So that's not like the instant change. Now, a lot of people see this and they go, hey, wait a second. <laughs> mm-hmm. That sounds pretty good. $9,888 a week. That sounds, that sounds pretty good. Um, but it's important to remember that this is not, see the guarantee of up to nine weeks. So basically, you're not getting that for all year long. You know, you're getting that for nine weeks. And that is kind of like the difference in the industry versus working just a nine to five job all year. You're working all year long and you're getting that annual pay. But this is, you know, just weeks out of the year, like maybe up to nine weeks. And so here's a question. So that you're saying
1: then the writers don't work all year round. They're only working like, you know, a certain amount of time. Right. So like, what would you say on average that they would like work per year? Like half the year?
0: No, I I've heard uh, listening to some writers on like some big shows. That's the that's the problem. Is like the the shows or the studios would hire writers for maybe like six weeks, seven weeks, and then that's it. Um, in the past, the writers used to be more of an integral part of the actual production of the show. So the writers would continue oh, to work while the be sure. show's being produced. Um, But I think a lot of shows are cost cutting. And so they're only keeping the writers around for like maybe six or seven weeks. And then goodbye, we'll see you next year. And so they kind of have to make a choice. Do they get another gig? Um, But sometimes they're expected, if they want to keep working on the show, that they have to be available for the next season. So I think that's part of the trouble.
1: Yeah. And see, that makes sense too, because, um, you know, when you're a YouTube partner, you're essentially a 1099 contractor. Like for me, for example, uh, and I'm I'm gonna talk openly because I don't care. Um, Like for me, like when Cobra Kai a new season drops, it's a really good time for me to work because you know I'm at the height of the algorithm and things like that. I'm putting that out there, but it's not like that for me all year round. So that's kind of why it's hard um, Mm -hmm. doing my content that way because it's it's just like yeah, for those few weeks I might get you know some decent ad revenue, but then it's just not it's not a guarantee. I'm not being paid like that all year. Same thing with my current, my in real life job. I'm a 1099 uh, contractor in, in what I do as well. And uh, this past year actually has been really rough for me because I've had um, I had clients cancel their contract. I've had a client cut back on their contract. So oh, uh, yeah, it's, you know, that's, you know, like, like you were saying, that might sound good. Um, if, you know, if you're getting paid way less, you know, like from a nine to five to writers, like if you're not making 9,000 a week, but if you're only going to be hired for six weeks, then You got to worry about okay, what am I going to do after that six weeks? You know, there's no con- there's no consistency, there's no guarantee. So uh, it's kind of the same thing here, and that's kind of why you know I kind of resonate with this too. It's just like, mm, like yeah, it's 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 not a fair wage that they're being asked to pay. And the thing is too is like, one I I can understand an argument with like, well, I'm not getting paid nine thousand a week to do my nine to five. Well, yeah, but think about it this way: if the studios are making a lot of money. Um then you you know they're keeping way more than they need to for you know c- compared to the writers um
0: you know that, that's just kind of like enough said as far as that goes, so yeah, I know, and I love your point about say the YouTube being a YouTube partner in this whole like contract thing because you're right, it's very similar. Mm -hmm. And you do have that feast or famine thing going on, and that's why we we always appreciate uh, if we have memberships, channel memberships. Thank you guys for being members, like Owen, who's watching from the UK. Thank you for being a channel member, (laughs) Owen, and all of you because that helps. You know, at least gives us something where we can, you know, cover the costs of like our software, you know, wherever we need. And so we thank you guys. Uh, Mm -hmm. But it's kind of the same thing with writers. You know, what do they do in the meantime? I know a lot of them you know do rideshare stuff that you know they get they get gigs you know something that they can keep the money coming in and um yeah. and Wang Shaftesbury says the cost of living has gone through the roof it really right. has you know yeah. everywhere and uh Paula great to see you Paula thanks for joining us MOTU Thunder says will there be new characters in season six of Cobra Kai well it's a it's a it's a really great question but you know, um you know, I had the opportunity to go down and talk with the big three and some of the actors uh, check out definitely check out that video on my channel but strife it's uh there aren't there's nothing that, and that's the thing that's so interesting there's nothing going on right now regarding season six yeah. like um they 've already got the general outline plan, but they really only wrote episode one they 've only really produced it. Um, they have really good ideas for the rest of this series but those those episodes aren't fully formed yet, and that was one of the interesting things. Is they were telling me about how it's uh, they develop as it's going on, and um, you know it's not all locked in before they start production.
1: Right. It's like it's like they're planning to build a house, right? They have the plans, they have the permits and thing, but all the contractors are booked up through the next two years. Like you can't do anything. Like if you if you don't have you know people working, you can't do anything like that. So,
0: right. I know which, and we can get into later, but like once the strikes are over, you know, it's almost like what if uh, everyone is trying to book the same people and people Mm -hmm. are double booked and they already had projects and like, how are you going to like, even if they want to produce like season six of a show like Cobra Kai, is everyone going to be available when the strike ends or are some people going to be double booked or triple booked? I, you know, it's really, you know, when can they start shooting again? Basically, I don't know um but let me let me let me continue here um so so we talked about the pay and then another big thing was the residuals so like strife and everyone watching if we're watching you know streaming shows in the past if it's on television if it's on video home video uh The writers and actors uh, might get residuals. So every time someone rents it or someone watches it on television, they'd get a little bit of a residual, Uh, and that's how they were able to keep going through the famine moments. You know, as far as like they get that income to help supplement their their bills. but that, that's kind of dried up with streaming and Netflix and those types of things. Um, they're not paying out residuals on these streaming shows. And I think it's mainly because it's a completely different model. It's People are subscribing. It's like a one-time right. monthly payment, and that's for everything. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, Strife, if you're watching Netflix, I don't know, maybe you'd be watching Cobra Kai, But you might be watching a bunch of other things. And it's like, what did you pay your subscription money to watch? Right. Like one particular show or all of them. And um, whereas in the past, if say something was on television, you had ratings, you had ad revenue for very specific shows that were being aired. So that revenue, that new revenue coming in would be tied specifically to shows or movies you're watching, say, on television. So, I don't know. Do you have thoughts on this whole like streaming age and residuals?
1: Yeah, it's it's definitely a model that as a consumer it's been very convenient for everybody. Like you can kind of watch whatever you want when you want to watch it. But then the problem is I think they've also been using that model to also not pay people fairly. And it's a it's funny that this is brought up cuz you know, when we were talking about what we wanted to talk about before we got on here, I had not even thought about bringing this up, but uh, do you remember the
0: uh, WWE wrestler, Maven Huffman or Maven? Maven. Uh, v- v- very, he, I, I think so. <laughs>
1: he's, so at the Rumble, he was the, the guy that, like, uh, he was like the rookie that eliminated the Undertaker when the Undertaker was talking smack mm. to somebody and he dropped, kicked him from the back and he eliminated the Undertaker. And then the Undertaker got mad and took him throughout the arena.
0: Do you remember that? I think I do. Basically. Okay. Yeah, what, so, what year was this?
1: Oh, it was early, uh, 01, 02. Okay probably okay. two um, okay so anyway so he just started a YouTube channel where he's been talking about uh, what it was like working for the W for about four years and like he talked about different things of the re- who the wrestlers backstage were like uh, you know how much did he make what it was like you know on the road and so I had just watched the video of like how much he really made and one of the things that he mentioned before the network came along, uh, he would make, and because of you know how DVDs were and like the residual stuff, he would make like fifty thousand, or not, I'm sorry, not fifty thousand, five thousand every quarter. But but when the uh, the network came along, uh, what ended up happening is that um, that really went down to three hundred. What? Like three hundred per quarter just because of like how the network model works. It's like Netflix. Wow. It's on demand wrestling, but you can, you know, watch, you know, but that affects everybody like royalty. And he he's like a uh, a mid card guy, so he's not necessarily um, you know, like at the top of the line, but you can imagine if that's what a mid card guy imagine like a veteran getting you
0: know paid something like that too. So Wow. Yeah, that's really yeah. And, and that's my question. Is it because, you know, say the organization is greedy and they're not paying that out? Or is there genuinely less money to pay out in residuals?
1: I yeah, that's what do, a, what that's do you a think? good question. Yeah, I think it could be either or. But it's it, like, like I said, it's a double edged sword because like on a consumer from a consumer standpoint, watch being able to watch whenever you want. Uh, You know, it's, it's amazing because like it's like instead of like, you know, back in the day before that existed, you'd have to like go on to YouTube and hope like that movie clip existed or the match clip existed from, you know, if you're watching wrestling. But now it's just like, yeah, you know,
0: it, it has its uh, pros and cons for sure. Right. Right. So that's the new world we're in. OK. And then so this is what the studio has said um, that they're offering now. Uh, So they're saying a new structure to train um, writers to become show... Oh, okay. So this they've kind of snuck this in. So let me just cover this. It's another thing they've complained about was the fact that the writers, as we talked about, worked seven seven weeks and that's it. Goodbye. See you for the rest of the year. But they wanted to keep writers on, the guild does, so that they can train them as producers and showrunners for the future. And so this is what the studio is saying is like, we're going to give a new structure by guaranteeing the length of employment and requiring that these at least two writers get to go into production and, and observe the show and work with the producers. Um, and in a new compensation structure, a minimum of 10 weeks employment. So that's a big problem as we were talking about. The number of weeks is kind of short. Um, the week to week rate of pay will increase by 43.8% over the current rate. And this is interesting too, because I guess this is development rooms, but this is different than the numbers we saw before, where the 9,888 is up to 14,000 and not 11,000, but Mm -hmm. um, okay. Um, And then, so I don't know what it said. Okay, so this is the residuals. A total worldwide domestic reform residuals would increase, from 72,000 to 87,000 per episode for three exhibition years. I'm not exactly sure of the significance of that, and I don't know what yeah, that I'm, number I'm a, means. I don't know either. Yeah. Um, okay, so another thing is, so it, it seems like it didn't touch the residuals argument. Um, AI. So this is something that's near and dear to your heart, Strife. Um and this is what they say. Landmark protections for writers surrounding the use of genera- generative artificial intelligence. GAI. Written material produced by GAI will not be considered literary material. So I'm guessing that means um, it's literary material, I guess, would mean what? Form the foundation of a, of a production? Yeah, that or script. I don't know. Yeah. Right. Um, A writer's compensation, credit, and separated rights will not be affected by the use of GAI-produced material. Okay, so that sounds good. But here's what I want to ask you, Strife. A writer's compensation, credit, and separated rights will not be affected by the use. So if you're a content creator, Mm -hmm. say like even for your channel or you're making a movie and you've written something – and then your boss or the studio comes along and rewrites it with AI, <laughs> right? So it's not quite your work anymore. Um, but then you get full credit for it. But it's not your work totally. It's been rewritten.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, then it's like, okay, but am I still getting the full pay? Because the, right. the thing is they could say is like, oh, yeah, your material is not going to be affected, but we're going to use 60% of the AI wrote compared to your 40%. Okay, are you still paying me a hundred percent then? If that if it's not going to matter, you know, right? That, that's I think they're kind of using that as a way to like, uh, it's like a gotcha. It's like, okay, yeah, your work's not going to be affected, but we're also not going to pay you for the, even though you're getting full credit, you're not going to get full pay. I think that's, that's. I'm assuming that's what they're trying to, they're trying to do. If I had to guess, so.
0: Right. So, and if they say the writer's compensation isn't affected, say I'm guessing say strife they bring you in you write a script maybe even a couple drafts of a script but then instead of bringing you back and keeping you on a project they'd maybe use ai to rewrite some things so they didn't have to keep you on and keep paying you right to, to keep working on it maybe yeah i think yeah. so i think yeah there's just a lot of subtlety in here and i know that they're releasing this to make it sound good but yeah there would be a lot of it seems like a weak guarantee to me like to say like, oh, hey, your stuff's not going to be affected if we use this, but it seems like it needs to be very spelled out and right. how AI is going to be used. Um, then they say increase data transparency to reflect that the internet has changed the dynamics of the entertainment business. What does that mean? <laughs>
1: increase let's see, increase data transparency to reflect that the internet has changed the dynamics. I guess what they're trying to say is that trying to show. Uh, which I think is going to the next point the viewership data. I think that mm-hmm. that's one of the things they're kind of, kind of talking about. Um, I feel like the data transparency, I don't know if there's a gotcha to that. I think, I think that's what it is, what it sounds like, but right. but I guess the only thing is, are they going to be fully transparent about the said data? Right. You know, they're because they say increased, not maximum increased. Right. You know, that's, that's, I guess that, that would be kind of the gotcha there.
0: So, yeah, it just it sounds good, but it seems just incredibly vague. Mm-hmm. It's like saying, hey, we're, we're going to, yeah, just increased. What does that mean? And right. then, you know, is that a lot? And then it's like to reflect that the internet has changed yeah. things. And it's like, well, okay, the internet's been around for a while, guys. Right. Um, and then you're right. This is a good point. For the first time, viewership data in the form of quarterly confidential reports is to be provided to the WGA that will include... Total SVOD view hours per title, and this is this is something because one of the big complaints is that no one has been sharing any viewership data with the guild or with writers, and no one knows how many people are actually watching these shows. Right, and so this is the first time they're they're sharing uh, viewership data. Um, now, Strife, I'll throw something else at you. Supposedly, one of the big dirty secrets of streaming is that people aren't really watching much, that really these streaming platforms have been losing money and that if they were to show how much or to show the data, essentially, people would see that, wow, people are really not watching most of the shows on streaming and that would cause stock prices to plummet um, for for these companies because they've been kind of propping up this idea that, Oh, streaming, everyone's watching streaming, but that really most content's not being watched at all. So I don't know. What, what do you think of this whole sharing viewership data thing?
1: Yeah, I think um, that could definitely, that could be also why they're trying to not share that data. Just to, like you said, just to kind of like give them the edge that like, oh wait, you know, this is why you've kind of been hiding it. So yeah, I mean, cause you have to think about it too. Like Like on Netflix, for example, you're going to have like your prime time, your movie, everything that everybody's going to watch, like no matter what. Uh, You're going to have your shows, your shows like Cobra Kai, Stranger Things and whatnot. But then like also you're going to have like some filler content on there too that that some people might watch, might not watch sports stuff, drama, documentary, whatever. So yeah, I think they could really be at a disadvantage. Um, And that's kind of why they've been reluctant to share that data because yeah, you're going to have a lot of content and yes, it is on demand. But how much of the on-demand is everybody watching? Are they watching 50%? Are they watching 20%? Are they only watching the signature shows? Because uh, then at that, it, it, it's like, it, it's kind of like, I guess, in, in a way, it's like going to a supermarket and, and having options. But you're not buying all the options. You're only buying the option
0: that you want. So. Right. I know, which is different than, say, in the cable model, where you have these networks that you might go to, you might have certain networks or you flip through and it's provided to you something's on and then you might keep watching or, you know, there is something on specifically say on HBO, right. like live right now. And you're wa- and everyone's watching that who's watching HBO, but now, yeah, you're right. It's like, there are just so many options, a supermarket of streaming options. Uh, uh, yeah you're right maybe people aren't aren't watching these things um right. thank you guys for the comments wank shaftsbury says without writers you don't have anything so it's curious they don't get much money mm-hmm. yeah it's a it's a good question uh and he also says undertaker loved him yep. <laughs> um and shin batman says and not to mention you don't have much of actors neither right because the actors are part of this um they're not even negotiating with actors right now right Uh, we don't have news regarding the sag strike uh darkest hour says ceo profits are skyrocketing the money's there
1: yeah and that was a response to what we were talking about earlier is there enough money from the streaming
0: so yeah and you know another thing too is you know i'm wearing my uh, mickey mouse shirt you know disney disney's big big company now especially with the genre fandom Mm -hmm. uh you know The thing is with these companies, they have gotten so big. Um, They are covering so many things. It's not just entertainment. Like take Disney. Disney owns so many different things. Right. And they keep on acquiring like new divisions, new assets and so it is a crazy business and say Bob Iger is over all of those businesses. So we see that CEO salaries are huge. But at the same time, they're managing so much more and they have to be you know, competent at managing more than just TV and movies. They have to manage like everything and there's so much revenue coming in. So right. is there an argument to be made that CEOs' salaries are increasing and they're huge and they're insane, but the movie and TV part of their business is only a fraction really of the revenue that's being pulled in?
1: Yeah, I, I think it's just, it's and see, this is kind of where it gets even beyond the strike. It was like where there needs to be a cap for salaries, too. Uh, that's a whole completely different issue, uh, probably for another time. But yeah, it's, it's just so many different factors, too, because um, it's like, yeah, I get that. Like, you know, if you're the CEO, you're definitely going to get paid the most because you're managing things and you're also managing other stuff. But if it's like even then if you're just overseeing it and you're having other people manage it do you really need the? you know what i mean like do you really need the extra money
0: so yeah all right i know yeah something seems out of balance wank shafts where he says there's a lot of creative accounting i think that's probably true yep uh flip the script says hey hope all are doing well really hope they resolve things soon and reach an agreement the younger cast are aging pretty fast yep and we can say this with all the shows, right? We could say it was for shows like Cobra Kai or Stranger Things, like anything that has like a young cast, they're getting older. Uh right. do, do you think do you think that's a problem for these shows?
1: For a few of the actors, maybe. Uh yeah. Well, I mean, well, yeah, if you're saying in general, yeah, definitely, because um, you know, you're gonna have like time skips. Uh, like essentially, based, and that's you know you're not gonna really have a way to explain that, and you're gonna try to have to either like use makeup or a lot of de aging uh, CGI to kind of do that too. So, um, which you know sometimes it works, it, you know, it definitely can work and whatnot. But, um, I I think really the only one I can think of really like if we're talking about the the Cobra Kai cast, I think the only one that's really like one of the or two of the older older ones I think is uh, Tanner and Mary. mm-hmm Cause so I think Mary was the same age that Ralph was for season one. So, but no, I could be, I could be wrong. I'm not, I'm not sure. But yeah, I think there, the show actually was like 17, like when they filmed, se- you know, season one. So. Mm-hmm. so, yeah, but yeah, there, that's, that, that definitely could be a thing for sure. If it's, you know, soon uh, later rather than sooner.
0: And I'm thinking for a show of, say like Cobra Kai as well. You know, people talk about like the break in between seasons but the interesting thing is they've actually shot one episode of season six. So right. are you going to see like an, an age jump between episodes one and two, you know, for some of these right, characters exactly. that, yeah. well, that would be, that would be something. Um, hey, Javier, thanks for joining us. The strike is expected by Cobra Kai taking over. Yeah. You know, we just, it's amazing. Just the strike, you know, talk about strike, you know, strike first, strike hard. The strike has has kind of KO'd all production right now, including Cobra Kai. So, uh, and Darkest Hour asks, how do streaming sites fix this? Charge by the show? Charge by category? Run a tier system where you pick and choose a specific number of categories per tier? Will people even pay for this? These are wonderful questions. I have some ideas, but Strife, I don't know, what do you think of this? I think uh, maybe tiers could be the best way.
1: Um, but the only problem then, then is that, um, uh, you have your paywall issues too, like things sitting behind a paywall. So, right. but you know, at the same time though, that's kind of like the same thing with what the, uh, with like, you know, what cable and like satellite, uh, TV have always done too. So it might not be that vastly different, but, um, yeah, I think maybe out of all those, a tier would probably be the best system. I mean, there's, they're kind of technically doing that now with like Netflix, or they're trying to introduce that where it's like um, you pay this price, uh, but you'll get ads. You pay this other price, you won't get ads. So, you know, it, it definitely could be, uh,
0: you know, could be a, a thing for sure. Right. And I agree with that. I think it could be a tier system. But here's my prediction because, you know, we were talking about residuals. And everyone, the writers, the actors, everyone wants residuals for these streaming shows. I think the easy way to do that would be to have these shows generate revenue beyond just the subscription. And I think that's ads. You Mm -hmm. know, Strife, you mentioned that. Like, I'm wondering if we're gonna see a lot of affordable tiers that include ads, uh, and maybe they'll just keep raising the prices of the tiers that are ad free. But right. that w- that way, those ads for whatever shows are being watched will be generating revenue that right. you could pay out as residuals. And I'm kind of wondering if these strikes are going to basically force these streamers to become more like cable networks, right. you know, where you're paying for a channel and, you know, or or a package of channels, like a bundle of channels, and there will be ads. And, uh, you know, like Netflix, I think their their tier right now is isn't it like SD? It's like standard definition, but it includes commercials. Right. So I'm wondering if they'll have like higher quality tiers that include commercials like HD or 4k, but you know, there'll be commercial breaks. I don't know if they do that. That's okay. I just hope it's elegant. Like I remember paying for Paramount plus and I went to the cheap tier that had Mm -hmm. ads, but they had too many ads and they kept interrupting at very strange times. And, um, it's like I had, like, I didn't like that, uh, bec- it was really getting in the way of the show. So I hope that streamers can do that, but yeah, I don't know. How do you feel about ads? Yeah.
1: I, I think that's the only downside is just like when they do ads,
0: there's definitely gonna be like too many, but
1: at the same time, like if somebody is like looking to save money, they probably won't care. They're like, oh, another ad, they'll complain about it, but then they won't raise the price. You know, they won't change their subscription. So, but yeah, I think, um, th- them using that to do residuals would be really a really good idea. And then it's just kind of balancing the mid rolls, so to speak, like you said, just making sure there's not too many, but also not too few. So,
0: right. How, just as a side note, because you're a YouTube content creator, wh- how do you think YouTube handles ads?
1: I mean, for me, I I try not to do like the the whole like too many ad rolls and things like that. But um, I I think, and see, I, it's kind of hard for me to answer because I usually have YouTube Premium uh just because I, I like I liked having being able to watch stuff like with this you know screen locked and stuff or like listening to it like while I'm driving or something. So yes. I'm I'm not too sure but um it's been a long time since I've had um a non YouTube premium subscription. Like I think I actually started getting premium because of Cobra Kai because when it was on YouTube back then and I just kinda kept it since then. But Yeah um I don't know. How do you feel about it? Or do you have premium too? <laughs> no,
0: I did premium for a while. I agree. When Cobra Kai came on YouTube, I paid for that. YouTube Red, YouTube Premium, um, mm-hmm. just just for Cobra Kai. But yeah, I I do not pay for premium right now. Mm-hmm. But I I think overall, like the ads are a lot of them are short, or you can right. skip them at a certain point, point. and I think that's the way to do it. And I think they're more powerful that way. Like, if companies can do ads that are like five seconds or ten seconds, that's that's great. You see some of these streamers, and there are ads, and they're they're like thirty second ads, and they're multiple ads. And I just don't think that's effective in like an on demand yeah. streaming environment.
1: Like, like, yeah, Twitch, for example, like some of their ads are like ridiculous too, and they don't and they don't even really benefit the streamer as much unless they're partnered or something like that. But yeah, yeah, the ads can kind of be a mut, and then because then like. Yeah, you'll see that, you know, the stream's still
0: going on the corner, but you can't hear anything that they're saying, so. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But who knows? Uh, we'll, we'll see, but I, I'm, this is my humble prediction that, yeah, I think we'll see a lot more, like, ad tiers, and that maybe, sort of like YouTube Premium, if you wanted to pay for ad-free, maybe the prices will just keep going up, and they'll be very expensive if you want to do that. Who knows? Um. Right aeh out of all the shows on netflix i have seen eight series but only six of them were worth watching the last show i saw was really bad thanks for the comment aeh what what do you think how's the quality of these shows strife on on streaming
1: um you know i i haven't really watched too much um i'm trying to think of anything that i've watched that was uh i i, I did like outside of Cobra Kai, i did like tekken the tekken one was really good um it could have been longer mm-hmm. But I thought the I thought the quality was up there. Um, I know I've heard a lot of people like really really like Bridgerton. Uh, right. My girlfriend really like that one, and it did you know from watching snippets, it did seem pretty pretty uh, uh, pretty interesting. There's another one coming out, I think, which is called. Let me look it up real quick. I think it's called Wrestlers. Um, oh yeah, or something like that. Uh, yeah, and it, it's talking about. Um, it's either a documentary or a show that's going to be talking about the o- OVW, which, if you don't know what that is, uh, that was a developmental system that would be used before NXT and things like that. And so a lot of people came up through there. So, like John Cena, Randy Orton, Brock Lesnar, uh, Shelton Benjamin. So, I'm kind of that's that one I'm kind of like interested in seeing to see how that is. And, of course, I isn't Glo- is Glow a Netflix original too? I can't remember. Yes. Yes. So Though they,
0: um, they canceled it.
1: Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, even then, like I've never watched it, but I, I know about it because it's based on the real life 80s, you know, ladies wrestling promotion. But I mean, mm-hmm. if that was enough to interest casual viewers, too, you know, I'd imagine that, like, say that some of
0: the quality of their things are pretty good. So. Right. Yeah, it's it's a very wide gamut. Um, but but it's a great I think Netflix, they seem to have understood. Understood how to do this, and they have like all different kinds of content. Like you can have like reality shows on Netflix. You can have these prestige shows on Netflix. You can have a lot of you know non North America like foreign series come in. Like I you know Korean uh, television and movies really have taken off. Like I think people have really discovered all of this great content from around the world. Um, and so Netflix, I think th- they know what they're doing. They I think they've right. kind of figured it out, but. Um, thank you all you guys for for, for these comments. Bobby, uh, thanks for joining us. Sorry I'm late, but I'm here. I really hope this strike ends soon. Um, and we're going to get to the AI bit in just a minute. But based off of Bobby's comment, Strife, what have you been doing? <laughs> like, how do you cope with the current state of content right now?
1: Uh, from a personal standpoint, I've kind of been able to just um... – enjoy like some, some of my other hobbies in the meantime, you know, like gaming, uh, I've kind of been doing that. Um, I've kind of also just been, um, just kind of focusing on other things that's like, you know, it's easy, like it's both easy and hard to say at the same time. Uh, you know, or easier said than done, I should say. But, uh, yeah, like, it, you know, it sucks and whatnot. Uh, you know, especially because like I was really it was fun, ironic enough before they had asked them, about the whole content creator. I was actually planning to re- resume uh, like my Cobra Kai season five videos, and then you know then they hit me and I was like, well, damn. So I just kind of been focusing on doing what I can to kind of make other content too that's not affected. So like obviously the gaming channel, uh, I've right. been doing that, or you know like like I said hobbies. Uh, yeah, you know like like I said it, it sucks, but at the same time uh, I know it's I would rather have that going on than you know them getting paid unjustly or just. You know, just making content like to disregard that because uh, I had I had actually a commenter one time when I when I did my announcement I was like, hey, I'm gonna be you know taking a little break. And I'll try to do content when I can. They're like, well, do what you want anyway. You know, the strike is bollocks. I'm like, I dude, it's not even that big deal. Like I you know I I originally did this channel for fun, and you know if the channel ever ends, that's how I'm gonna just go out doing it too. Was for fun. It was never about the money. You know, it was right. never about. And I've I've always said that like I would rather put out good content and that i'm not happy with just to make a quick buck so yeah
0: yep yep exactly yes 100 percent agree um and you know lots of great conversation on here uh don don power ranger says hello ken and strife and all and happy national cinema day i hope everyone is well on the day before power rangers day <laughs> despite the passings of bob barker and arlene sorkin
1: oh yeah the, yeah. This the, week has been crazy because we lost Bob, Bar- uh, Bob Barker, Arlene Sorkin, Terry Funk, Bray Wyatt passed away, which I was very, very sad about that because he was he's only three he was only three years older than I was. Wow. So yeah, you know I basically would have went to school with him like at that you know with the age gap there, but
0: man, it's been crazy. It's been a crazy week. All things considered, too. It has been. Yeah. And uh, Don Don, thanks for your comment and thanks for letting us know about uh national cinema day i think on a lot of theaters tickets are only four dollars today so if you haven't been to the movies in a while and there's a movie you want to see today might be the day to go out and see it definitely um james Knott says premiums the way to go no ads <laughs> yes uh and then owen says i've got disney plus yeah disney's uh a big Do you watch Disney plus? Do you watch any of those, uh, Marvel? Um, I've shows? wanted
1: to, one of the ones I've always wanted to, and it's something I cover in the future. Uh, and I'm kind of sad it got canceled because it had potential, but, um, it was kind of doomed because what some cast members leaving, leaving was, uh, the mighty ducks game changers. That one interested me too. I, I know a lot of people were saying, Oh, that's like Cobra Kai. Cause you're doing the whole thing, but I'm like, yeah, but you know, like if we want to make that argument. Like I've always said, Creed was the one to do that first. So, um, uh, now I don't have yeah I don't have Disney Plus personally. Uh, I know my girlfriend does, but um, yeah, I uh, that was one that interests me. The Mandalorian here and there. Not that I dislike Star Wars. I've never been like a hardcore Star Wars fan. Like it has to kind of like strike the mood has to kind of strike me to watch stuff like that. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, and I've you know I've heard the Marvel contents obviously really good too. So that'd be another thing I'd probably be interested in as well. So
0: yeah 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 the, uh, there's there's interesting stuff on all these streamers uh, no doubt um we have motu thunder asks perhaps a huge question here strife is will the strike be finished before christmas if the strike yeah. ended this year um yeah
1: that would that would be really cool i think that would probably be like best case scenario uh but it's hard to
0: say uh how long did the last strike go on wasn't This is, I think right now we are at the second, right now for the writer's strike, it is barely just the second longest strike. But if it keeps going, it's going to be like the longest strike in history. Mm -hmm. So it's, we might be in uncharted territory pretty soon. Yeah, for sure. Um, This is, this is a really great question because. I think it points to the fact that this strike has been going on so long that there's something historic going on now that the terms they're trying to come to an agreement on, they're not even really negotiating on right now, are probably have huge implications for the future of entertainment. And I bet that's why both sides are are really digging in. Strife, this AI thing, mm-hmm. and I, I know that this is near and dear to your heart, uh, you actually brought up this article or this news this week that a federal judge here in the United States rules AI art ineligible for copyright. And then I'll just write right. through this. U.S. District Court Judge Beryl Howell has ruled that images created by artificial intelligence, AI cannot receive a copyright. Only those authored by humans are eligible. Computer scientist uh, Stephen Thaler attempted to to copyright an image created by his AI program through the U.S. Copyright Office. The Copyright Office rejected his submission, saying that creative works can only be copyrighted if they're created by humans. He then brought the case to court, saying that human authorship should not be required if the image in question meets the Constitution's outline for use for copyrights. That they quote promote the progress of science and useful arts. Judge Howell refuted this argument, saying that human authorship is foundational to US copyright law based on centuries of settled understanding. So Strife, this is really interesting. And mm-hmm. let's and can you explain like what is this copyright thing? Like I know some people are, you know, into all this legal stuff and we see registered trademarks everywhere, but what what does this mean about copyright? Uh, I think it's a really
1: good thing. It's a, it's a definitely a good victory because, um, like, even outside of, uh, well, I mean, it is related. Uh, like, even now at anime conventions and stuff, you you have these vendors trying to do, trying to sell AI art, like AI generated art, and you really can't do that because what AI is doing, like, to create this art, is they're technically just they're pulling reference of data from all these other works of art and trying to co- combine it into something that but it's just not it's not their work it's not anybody you know it's not it's not the person that you know clicks the button to make the ai generate that it's not their work of art it's not the robot's work of art it's um you know you're, you're basically just copying pasting from all these, all these artists even so much that they had it to where they had still had signatures from the original artists on on the ai art so yeah it's like it's dumb it's just like trying to it's trying to take somebody else's report and only change your name and then turn it in as your own work. Like, it doesn't make sense. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm glad that they, that they uh, did that. So that could also kind of help the strike uh, go, go in the right direction too. Because, um, you know, if somebody, for example, wanted to use AI to use somebody's likeness, whether that's their voice, their appearance, or things like that, you know, they're, they're going to, and without even paying like the original likeness, you know, the royalties and thing like that. It's just, you know, it's uh it's bad thing. It's it's bad. Basically, is it, they try to do it without, you know, with their likeness. And then you even get into the whole thing of using AI to replicate, replicate people that are now deceased trying to re- replicate their voice. Then you go into the whole, like, well, there was no consent uh, or there's no consent of the foundation. Like it, it's a huge mess. So I think the best thing to do is just to kind of leave it alone and not use, you know,
0: use AI in that way right and even like from a writing perspective if a studio wanted ai to write a script for a movie or create a property or put work in this would be kind of a scary prospect the idea that they don't own that right you know uh they don't own that like anyone else could go out and make the same idea um they have no right to it they have like no copyright to it so you're right i hope that helps you know, the strikes move along in that the studios really can't get away with using it for anything other than a tool. And Mm -hmm. one other thing that you brought up that I thought was really cool was, um, I know a lot of you have seen Top Gun Maverick. Uh, And this is a a use of AI, right? Val Kilmer's return AI created 40 models to revive his voice ahead of Top Gun Maverick. And um, tell tell us about this, Strife, and, and why this is important.
1: So this would be one of the few examples of I would consider AI being used for good, and I I could be wrong. Does the article state? So I know Val Kilmer um, he's not able to talk much anymore. Um, th- okay, it was throat cancer, so he you know he lost the ability to speak uh, nine years ago at this point. Um, so with you know what, what they did in the specific scene that they uh, used him for is they used AI to kind of help replicate his voice. Uh, that. So, um, and obviously since he was involved in production, you know, they definitely probably had to ask for his consent and things like that. So, and, you know, obviously if he was part of production, he was getting paid for that too. That was, and because, you know, obviously not having the ability to speak, I think that was one of the few times that AI was actually useful because it helped, help that, uh, helped that production because, you know, Val Kilmer's still with us and it helped uh, get his voice back,
0: whether it was for that scene or not, you know, just for that, for that scene. So. Right. Yeah. And you bring up a really good point. It's different because it's a tool and it's something that Val Kilmer probably had approval over and could Mm -hmm. oversee and uh, make sure it's in line with how he would give the performance. Um, And so that's a completely different thing than, you know, AI just completely coming up with a digital Val Kilmer so right. we don't have to pay him and you know he's not involved or maybe he gets just a little fee and the studio has the right to just use Val Kilmer or use a digital Val Kilmer, uh, right. which is kind of the prospect right now. Like There are people throwing out ideas, I think companies throwing out ideas where Strife, you or anyone watching could have this service where you would put in, say, I want to do Today I want to watch an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie where he's basically in the Alien universe and where Arnold Schwarzenegger is fighting Alien alongside Sigourney Rippler, uh, Sigourney Weaver as Ripley. Um, right. And like, and it would make it for you. Like, you could basically put in the movie you want to see, and it would just insta create the movie. You know, I, which seems wild to me. I don't know if it would be any good. Uh, it would seem like it would always be a novelty. But, right. you know, essentially these famous people could be created by a computer and give performances that they n- were never associated with. Right.
1: It, you know, what, one of the things, too, that kind of also when I think of mind of things like this and it's something that would this happened way before AI did. Obviously, it's kind of similar to what uh, what is his name? I'm trying to think of his name. Crispin Glover, Back to the Future, too. Remember that 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 was a whole big thing mm. too because they used that they used another actor and prosthetics to kind of create his likeness. But he was like, uh, you know, like I would not have been okay with that performance because that performance is technically representing me. So it's kind of like the same thing. They could definitely use that case as a foundation for all this too. It's because um, they they didn't want to bring back Crispin, I guess, for whatever reason, and they got another actor as a stand-in and a body double, and also used prosthetics
0: to. You know to do that, so yeah, that's something they could definitely use for that too. That's a really good point, and that that whole lawsuit was it shook the shook the industry. You know, it completely changed the industry. And it's weird to think about. There was a time before that where, I mean, these are big filmmakers like Robert Zemeckis, and you know they it, it was okay. They thought, Meh, okay, I can't get this actor, so we're just gonna make up another actor and kind of to mimic, you know, mm-hmm. the actor we lost and. That didn't fly. So you're you're right.
1: And what I remember too, Crispin said it wasn't necessarily Zemeckis, but it was more Bob Gale, the producer. That was his idea. And that's why he kind of still doesn't really
0: talk to Bob Gale, which, you know, I obviously don't blame him, but yeah. Right. It's weird looking at these things because there's always multiple sides. Whereas, say you have an actor, and I don't know if this was the case necessarily, but Crispin Glover demanding a ton of money, say like too much money, in the eyes of the studio is like, we can't afford to pay him, but we have this popular character that needs to be back. Um, let's just figure out a way to do this where we don't have to pay all that money. Uh, we think that actor is being unreasonable. So, well, you know what we're gonna do? We're gonna do this. And um, But I could see that same thing happening with artificial intelligence, mm-hmm. where it's like, oh, this actor is being unreasonable. Well, guess what? You know, Why don't we just use technology to to fake it? Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even kind of like, even from a wrestling standpoint, it's kind of funny how wrestling kind of ties to all this too. When uh joined the clown, when the original performer, Matt born, uh, they, well, they fired him because it was more of issues that he had, you know, in his personal life, but they still got another person to do that to kind of like create the character. And then obviously that character failed because it wasn't what Matt had done originally. Matt was great as a villain, you know, villain, going the clown but trying to just you know get somebody else to be like a good guy it was just boring because it lost all essence of what you know same thing with crispin like crispin brought a really good performance as george trying to do that with somebody
0: somebody else it's not the same so right right exactly um it's so weird there's so many different <laughs> yeah. angles you could go with all of this stuff but uh, Darkest Hour says imagine the rom-com with Marlon Brando Marilyn Monroe and Margot Robbie or Expendables 10 with James Dean and Rock Hudson yeah. and it's, it's weird because you say this Darkest Hour it's a great comment and I, I would be intrigued to see what that could look like like if the technology progressed enough like as an audience member that would be kind of intriguing um, but again right there are these ethical issues right yeah, it's it's uh, it's tough. Uh, Shin Batman eighty four says, "Really, that's news." Tom Cruise is making Top Gun three, despite he seemed not interested in it. Yeah, I don't know if uh, oh Owen Ellis said is making Top Gun three will come soon. I don't i I wouldn't be surprised, but I hadn't heard any official news on that. And of course, we know nothing's being made right now. Uh, you know, nothing noth- and nothing's being developed either. Um. So so strife. We've kind of gone over all the data, and what can we say? Basically, it doesn't look like anything's ending anytime soon. No, uh, like
1: like I said, it would be great if it ended. The strike ended this year, but it, it's hard to say. It, it's really hard to say. If it's gone on for this long, which, um, like you know, like I said, if this is the second longest strike going on in history. Especially with AI being a factor of all this too, it's it's definitely just going to you know take a little bit longer.
0: I would say. Yeah, which is scary because a lot of industry observers have said that, um, you know, possibly if the strike isn't over by September sometime, it could really do damage to the industry, the entertainment industry here in the United States. And yeah, in L.A., it's a huge deal. I mean, it's a major industry in the L.A. area and, you know, no one's working. right? Almost no one's working. It's really... It's bad. And you would think that they could at least get together and talk and negotiate and come up with something because they're not able to produce anything. It's really fascinating to me. Right. Well, so Strife, uh, before we leave today, do you have any other thoughts or uh, do you have anything that you'd like uh, people to pay attention to going forward? Uh, no other
1: thoughts. Uh, I think I kind of uh, said my points uh, from here earlier today, but I would just say just definitely uh, stay tuned to the gaming channel because I definitely have some uh, content planned for that through the end of the year. So uh, definitely check that out. I'll also start uh, doing a live stream specifically on that channel uh, eventually too. So yeah, just uh, stay tuned
0: for sure. Uh, that's uh, that's all I can say. Okay, and for everyone, that channel is Strife's Gaming Realm. If you're listening on audio, it's S-T-R-Y-F-E, Stripe's Gaming Realm. I'll have a link in the description. Go follow that for sure if you're interested in gaming. And I know Strife would be happy to have you there. And Strife, uh, I look forward to you and I, hopefully pretty soon, talking about some gaming-related things. Sure. Uh, some movies, maybe doing some reviews and critiques of, of movies, but also maybe playing some games as well. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah, me too, definitely. All right, Strife. Well, thank you for joining me today. Everyone, thank you for watching. It's great to great to see you guys. Um, maybe one last question from Matt Moore. Thanks for being a channel member, Matt. So you guys, what kind of impact do you think this has on season six with actor schedules and the kids getting older? That's a, I think that's a question everyone has. So I don't know. Strife, how would you sum that up? it's going to be a really big impact
1: um you know like you said just it depends on those the other actors having other obligations making sure they're not uh you know double booked and things like that um you know with the, the kids getting older unfortunately that's going to be just kind of an inevitable uh we've even seen that with like just movies and films too because of you know production schedule and things like that so it's it's definitely going to be a significant impact to say the least
0: yeah 100 percent agree Thank you for the question, Matt, and thank you everyone for for watching today, and we look forward to seeing you next time on KenCast. Uh, Go out. It's National Cinema Day, so go out and see a movie for four bucks. We'll, uh, We'll see you next time. Want to be part of the live KenCast show? Subscribe to the Ken Cole YouTube channel and hit the notification bell to get alerts about every new show. Thanks for joining us, and we look forward to seeing you next time on KenCast.